Sniffles, sneezes, and coughs must be the start of a new school year. Keeping your student healthy in school is what we're talking about in this episode of the Inside Scoop. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, David Owen. After listening to this podcast, if you like it, be sure to subscribe, give us a like, and share it with a friend. You can find this and more than 100 other helpful podcasts on the district's website at cobk12.org. Just click on the podcast icon at the top of the page or on mobile at the very bottom. Kids get sick when school starts back up. Why is that? Well, here to help us is Melanie Bales, Assistant Director of Student Support and District Nurse Administrator. Did I get that right? Yes, David, you did. Good morning. <laughs> okay, good morning. So uh, your, your position is mainly doing what? So I'm glad you asked. I am the District School Nurse Administrator, so I am ultimately responsible for ensuring that our school health services department and our staff, which includes consulting nurses, itinerant nurses, and school nurses, um, that all of us are prepared, trained, and ready to do our jobs to keep our students and staff healthy and safe. That that sounds like a pretty big lift. I mean, that's, <laughs> we got, we're anticipating 108,000 students, I think it is. Yes. So, um, you have a, a staff, you got school nurses, Right. Yes. Do you, uh, off the top of your head, do you know how many school nurses you? We um, have about 120 nurses in our school district wow. um, that are ready to assist students with whatever their health needs are. 120. That we've we've got 100. And, I hear different numbers, but 113, 114 schools. So you've got. You've got one for every school. Yes, absolutely. We are very fortunate to have an RN or an LPN in every single one of our schools wow. all day, every day, that our students are in session. That's amazing. So, And you've got, I, I presume the the rest of them are, what, substitute yeah, nurses? Yes, so the rest of the nursing staff um, would include our consulting nurses. They are nurse managers for those nurses out in the schools. We have um, two itinerant nurses that travel from school to school to support our nursing staff mm -hmm. um, and uh, meet the needs of students. And we also have um, licensed substitute nurses that fall under school health services. That is amazing. We really are blessed in, in Cobb County we to have that kind are. of support. We are. So uh, at the, the open there, we were talking about how, you know, it seems like the first two or three weeks of school, kids come home with sniffles and all sorts of little things. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? And uh, then we'll dig deeper into, you know, maybe how we can prevent some of it. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of that's attributed to the fact that um, all of our students are back in school together. Mm -hmm. And so um, they've been enjoying the summer break, but they are back in school together and they are sharing their germs with their friends. Well, isn't that nice? That's yes. just so thoughtful our, our kids share, <laughs> but that's not one thing we want them to share, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, Pretty much a lot of those are viruses. Um, this is information that's shared through Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Your pediatrician um, can share that as well, but they're back together, they're in large groups, and they are sharing germs. And as a result of that, um, it is easier for some students to get sick 
when there are large groups of people back together again. Yeah, that kind of makes perfect sense. So is there any one type of thing that tends to pop up? Is, is it primarily viruses that, that Absolutely, tend to... it's primarily viruses. Um, and so one of the ways to keep, or several ways to keep that at bay, um, you didn't ask me that yet, well, but that's... is it okay for me to share? <laughs> Absolutely, that's kind of what we're here okay. for. Okay, would be um, first and foremost is good hand washing. And so that's just one way um, to keep our germs at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not only for our students, but that's for staff as well. Um, making sure that you get enough rest and enough sleep, Um, especially um, with the weather being the way that it is, as hot as it is, Uh it's important to stay well hydrated. Um, If you can also try um, to work through ways to minimize stress and keep that (laughs) at bay. So rest, of course, and um, the appropriate amount of sleep per your age is very important. Um, and balanced meals, eating healthy that's, snacks. That's impossible. Well, that's... <laughs> it is possible. Um, it just takes a little bit of work, um, but definitely making sure that you eat um, good, nutritious, balanced meals and getting exercise. Okay. Well, uh, the exercise part, if you can if you can get your kids peeled away from video games and that sort of stuff or right. social media, then exercise kind of comes naturally to them absolutely it does it sure does so outside time you know if the air quality permits um you know but just thinking about some other physical ways um to engage in exercise so that you're not in front of the screen for most of the time that you're home well, I, I would dare say as a parent of teenagers, if you can do that, that's <laughs> that's quite an accomplishment right there. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, nutrition, sleep, hand washing. Um, uh, we learned some things, and this is a curveball. I apologize if this is, uh, you know, not something you're anticipating, but we learned some things from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, w- would you say that hand washing was maybe the biggest way to mitigate any, would, any spread of things? Sure, I would say um, hand washing as well as good respiratory hygiene. Yeah. And so when I say good respiratory hygiene, that means covering coughs and sneezes, mm-hmm. um, using a Kleenex or using the bend of your elbow. Yeah, cough into that um, elbow. Yes, cough into that elbow. But if you are covering your coughs and sneezes with Kleenex, for instance, once you discard that in the trash, you should wash your hands appropriately. Um, And then I would say another way to definitely mitigate the spread of germs would be to stay home when you're sick. Okay, so now the question is, when does the parent say, okay, this is a stay-at-home moment versus my kids just pretending and doesn't want to go back to school for whatever reason? What what are the, the key objective, I guess, telltale signs you should keep your kid at home okay so our school nurses do a fantastic job of sharing um, a graphic um, that we um, have entitled I need to stay home if and so if your child has a fever of 99.5 or higher with additional symptoms such as coughing or sore throat um, it's best for them to stay home Uh um, follow up with your healthcare provider and if you've had to administer medications, fever-reducing medications, mm-hmm. they should be off of those for 
for 24 hours <laughs> okay. without a fever before returning to school. That, um, that I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that that's the key, parents, right? Absolutely. You, you can't give them a, a, an Advil or whatever and, oh, the temperature's down so you can go to school. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that just means that the medication has worked the way that it's supposed to, which yeah. is great. Huh? However, once you remove that medication, do they have a rebound fever? And yeah. so that's important to make sure that do you're tracking Do they have a home. natural fever? Absolutely. Period. Okay. Absolutely. And, and just also out of curiosity, why 99.5 and not 100? Well, <laughs> do you know what that criterion was? So that's, um, you know, that's some of our evidence um, that is research-based. Uh -huh. um, and typically, students aren't feeling very well. And so it is very difficult to engage in class. You are there physically, but you may not necessarily be feeling well enough to engage in class. And then, guess what? You're sharing those germs with others. And that's that's like a cutoff temp, or that, that's a signal that something may be going on in your body um, that's your body's natural way of fighting off a virus. That's sometimes one of the first signs that you will see is an increased temperature. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanna make sure that that fever or low-grade fever, in addition to other symptoms, that you are monitoring that at home and you're following up with your healthcare provider. Okay, now I, I rudely interrupted you uh, before. That's okay. <laughs> I apologize, but well, continue, if you will, with the uh, what are some of the signs that you need to keep your child home for the day? Okay, so if your child is vomiting, for instance. Well, yeah, that, and <laughs> there's your sign. <laughs> it's very important for them to stay home, um, especially if they have had more than one episode in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we're always going to recommend that you um, treat them according to whatever your process is at home, but also we encourage you to follow up with um, your child's healthcare provider. If um, they've had diarrhea, the same kind of thing. Um, within the past 24 hours, it's important for them to stay home just to be monitored appropriately mm -hmm. um, and to help keep their germs to themselves. Um, if they have a rash, a body rash that's itching, um, that's also associated with a fever, it's important for them to stay home so that you can seek the appropriate care or provide the appropriate treatment per your physician's recommendation at home. Okay, so if it's associated with a fever of any level or does it have to meet that 99.5 threshold? So it's the 99.5 plus those plus other symptoms. So or even, sometimes mm -hmm. there may be, because we will, the nurses will call, if there is a suspicious rash that a student presents with or comes to the school health office with. Okay. That may or may not be associated with a fever, mm -hmm. but if they are uncomfortable, if they are itching, uh, if yeah. they have maybe pain that's associated with it, we will contact the parents to pick them up. I would say if a kid is sitting there scratching all day, they can't really learn very well right? yeah, that is very distracting for them <laughs> i would definitely agree with you that is very distracting students who have active head lice um, oh, yeah. you know we want to make sure that they would be um, treated appropriately at home uh -huh. and then they can return to school of course um, and if you have red itchy 
draining eyes. It's very important to stay home. Okay, this is just such a lovely podcast. It, it is what it is. Sickness is not a pretty thing, people. Um, so is, is that a, a common thing? With Like, I guess you're talking about possible pink eye possible pink eye so it's important to note that our school nurses we don't diagnose and so we will contact you with any symptoms that your student may present with at school Mm -hmm. once they come into the school health office to to visit the nurse Um, but it um, is very important to remember that we don't diagnose Um, that would be the responsibility of the student's physician their pediatrician or nurse practitioner um, or even at the health department if they are seeing a licensed healthcare practitioner there. That is fascinating because I never even thought that there would be a limitation on that, but it, it kind of makes sense. They don't know every single student's uh, medical background, so there's no way they could, really. Absolutely, that is correct. And we are, you have to remember, while we are licensed nurses, mm-hmm. we are practicing per the dictates of the Georgia Nurse Practice Act. Sure. And so it doesn't matter whether you work in a school or a physician's office or a hospital, that is not within the scope of practice for nurses to diagnose. So it's, it's kind of like with, with a teacher having a, a teaching certificate, a certification that they kind of know what they're doing in the teaching absolutely or absolutely know what they're doing in the teaching arena so it's the same with with nurses absolutely absolutely okay well now i have been on the receiving end of a phone call from uh my kid's school nurse and uh she starts off something like uh mr owen uh first let me tell you everybody's fine <laughs> that's, that's always, always the good. mitigating yeah it's a nerve calming uh thing yes, to get absolutely. that but then they follow with you need to come pick your your child up right each school does he i'll pose this as a question because i'm not certain of it do does each school have its own uh, procedures for doing that that is a district-wide procedure that we follow okay and um, consistency is key yeah and that is one of the priorities that our superintendent asked that we um, adhere to but consistency is key and so we are very intentional in ensuring that we have the same process across the district regardless of what school your child is in. And so, um, and that information is also in the family resource guide um, that parents and guardians have access oh, to. Oh yeah, that, that's so, a huge document. Absolutely. Take the time to go through it, it's, it's worth going through. Absolutely, and so there may be an initial call just to inform a parent or guardian that their child was seen in the school health office by the school nurse. And sometimes if there is a second visit, Mm -hmm. then it may escalate to the point of needing to pick your child up from school. And so administrative rule JGC-6 within our school district policy handbook Mm -hmm. um, guides us on when we should contact parents when their students have been seen in the school health office. That may be a phone call, it may be a note home, um, which is um, a school health office visit note, Um, or it may constitute your child needing to be picked up from school. And so if that happens, um, depending on what's going on with them, a fever that is over 104, and you aren't able to get there within 15 minutes will warrant a 911 call Ooh. for your child's health and safety. Yeah, because isn't there a risk for brain damage when it gets the fever gets that high? Well, 
It, it, it is, and then there is a risk of um, a student perhaps having what's called a febrile seizure. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we have emergency personnel on site um, so that we can keep the student safe. Um, there, um, otherwise, if you are contacted to pick your child up from school because they may be sick, mm-hmm. um, then um, we do provide an hour for you to get there. The traffic and navigating it in Metro Atlanta can sometimes be challenging. Oh yeah. Um, but that has been, you know, a procedure that's been in place for for a number of years. Okay. So um, now let's let's move to the next step of. You got a kid that either had to be picked up mm-hmm. or uh, had to stay home from school that day. You got to have a plan B, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, especially if you're if you're a working parent. Absolutely. Are, are there some ideas that you could offer uh, parents who maybe both parents or maybe a single parent taking care of a kid? Kid needs to stay home, but they also are really being pressured to work. Absolutely. How, how do they work through that? And that's a very difficult and challenging um, position. So, and it's something that you know we have been navigating for a very long time. Um, but we do definitely encourage that there be additional emergency contacts mm-hmm. um, that are listed, um, or if you are in a situation where you absolutely cannot leave, there may be someone else that you can contact to pick your student up from school. But there's a procedure that we have to follow. And so that may mean you needing to contact the front office staff or the principal to Mm -hmm. notify them. Um, But we do definitely ask that parents and guardians try to plan ahead um, for those days. I don't think any of us, you know, want to start the school year anticipating that our child may become ill while at school um, or have an emergency while at school. Um, but it is so very important to be proactive and plan for those occurrences. There, there is no doubt that you have shared some very useful information here. I really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing your expertise. Absolutely. Uh, you've, I didn't ask you this at the outset. How many years have you been with the school district? So I am starting year 22 this year. I wow. have worked in our school district as an elementary school nurse. Okay. Um, I started in 2002. I've worked um, as a consulting nurse. I've worked as an itinerant nurse where I've traveled around. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been in this role um, as the district level administrator for our school health services department since uh, May of 2016. So all of this experience comes to bear here uh, for our our listeners to uh, benefit from. So thank you so much for for coming in and taking the time to to share that with us. Absolutely. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. And if if you heard something helpful in the podcast, please make sure that you give us a like and share it with a friend. Your friend may very much appreciate knowing the same stuff that you've just learned. You'll find us wherever you normally get your podcasts. Also, let us know what you think using the link in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.